also say that like the term open the gate, the analogy is a universal one used by offensive line coaches everywhere. I, I think every offensive line coach I've ever worked with or played with has said, don't open the gate. And it's just the same thing. You gotta, it's so easy in pass pro to let that hip fall open when you feel like you're, and a lot of times it's just mental, right? We're getting into the mentality of it. They feel like the guy across from them is faster. So they gotta get their hips turned so they can mirror them and play more basketball. It's like, no, stay strong, use your strength and body, punch, sit down, and control the guy across from you. Because if he's faster than you, he's not stronger than you. Which is, it doesn't matter who's lined up across from you. You got to be ready to. You got to be ready to fight. You got to be ready to grind. And we, in order to start maintaining that mentality and establishing that mentality, we came up with commandment number three. We know that you messed up. Okay. Film does not lie. We are fortunate that we have film right at our fingertips on the sideline most of the time but it's often i we have both had i would not call them debates but some people would call them arguments with players about what they did and then just been able to walk right to the film and been like stop um and so when you are it just not making excuses we get to the coaching point faster you take the coaching point. We move on. We move past it. And that's one thing I really want kids to understand is it's like post-lift post work was you'd get in and you'd throw your hips on this thing. The other one that we did quite frequently, which was to, to really teach that throw the hips is hold a bag against the wall because you don't want to run through the wall. That's going to hurt. Like this is how we break it down for young offensive linemen people. You put a bag on the wall and you make them punch into the bag. So like if you – if you are not throwing your hips and you're not and you're letting your whole body keep going like continuously forward, you're gonna run into the wall. And so by having it there, it's your two-step throw the hips. And there's pros and cons to that because like usually it's what you got around, so we used it because we had the wall. Um, what it did lead to occasionally was not stopping feet on contact, which is again. Thou shall run through a linebacker, not stop at the linebacker. This is Coach Bill Ivan, Dexter Offensive Line Coach, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Go Dreads. Oh yeah, here we are, episode 61 of your Iron Dread Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. Welcome in this week. This week we have... As promised, special guest Bill Ivan coming in, and we're talking about offensive line play and Bill's 10 commandments of offensive line. I had a real a lot of fun recording this one with Coach Ivan. Um, we, we enjoyed it. Had him over to the house. We, we sat face-to-face right? doing a podcast live and in person. Makes it a lot of fun. So we got him, uh, we got him over here. You'll hear a little bit of audio disturbance because his dog, Gus, came over. And uh, Lola, the old English bulldog, and Gus were running all over the house. We had some fun recording this podcast. And then we went and uh, hung a fang on some, uh, some food from the Pit Boss, Pellet Grill. Shout out, Pit Boss. Still waiting for that call back. Wink, wink. 
So, folks, I would like to uh, thank you, all of you listening all around the world in eight different continents or eight different countries. Sorry. Uh, listen to your Iron Dread podcast. If you currently do not subscribe to the show, please give us a follow on social media, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, anywhere you can find your mainstream podcast, you can find your Iron Dread podcast. So give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. If you are an Apple user, give us that star rating. That's going to help to uh, get more people to listen to the show. Uh, also, if you don't follow us on social media, at Iron Dread Pod is the official social media handle of the show. Uh, go ahead and follow that and keep up with our uh, episodes each and every week here as they come out. Uh, this week in life here we have spring break for dexter community schools here uh, so we're getting some time to uh, unwind relax a little bit still running some training sessions for our athletes that are in town and not on break and you know, hey just getting to uh, recharge the batteries here for this final run uh, to the end of the school year training is going well kids are getting stronger last week we talked about our iron dread powerlifting showcase which uh, was a lot of fun. I want to draw your attention to that again. If you haven't checked that out, visit tinyurl.com slash show 21 to check out the replay of that event, which was a lot of fun for our kids and, uh, quite frankly, a lot of fun for me too. Really enjoyed it. So, folks, without much further ado, we're going to get to Coach Bill Ivan here on Episode 61 and his 10 Commandments of Offensive Line. This is Travis Atchison, teacher, firefighter, and you're listening to the Iron Red Podcast. And we're back, live to record here on your Iron Dread Podcast. I'm sitting here chatting it up with a good buddy of mine. It's been a while, Bill, since you've been on the show. It has. We, we did look it up. Episode four. Episode 4, Coach Bill Ivan. He was on the show December 4th of 2017. That episode dropped. And it's taken us all this time to get back to today. But we have Bill back. We're here. We're in person. We're not on Zoom. We're actually uh, being being able to talk to one another in person and record an episode of the podcast. And Bill has put together some of his top commandments of offensive line play. If you don't know, Coach Bill Ivan is our varsity O-line coach here at Dexter High School. Uh, He's been an offensive lineman his entire life. He played offensive line for the University of Indiana, and uh, he coaches our kids and coaches our kids up well. And We've come up with some commandments that we're going to discuss here today. Um, How did uh, did we kind of get going on commandments here, Bill? Well, Coach, it started with with you. Um, when I came in and you had introduced the first two commandments of pass pro, and we got to give you credit as well. We coach the offensive line for Dexter. It's not just me. Um, and so I took those ideas and I had added one that was very necessary, commandment number three. It's a famous commandment amongst our kids. Um, we'll, we'll get to that. However, it got me thinking that, you know, there's not just three commandments in the Ten Commandments from religion. And so we want to make sure that we bring in all Ten Commandments of offensive line play. And if we can introduce these and we we talk to our kids about these and bring them up. And I just got thinking, what is 
what does it mean to be a Dexter offensive lineman? What's the culture that we want them to embrace? What's the mindset that we, they want them to embrace? Because I think you and I can both agree, we spent a lot of time coaching mindset at Dexter. It's something that we've put a lot, we've made it a point of emphasis. For sure. And, and it, it has to be within offensive linemen, right? Like we're not... Uh, and you know any any former offensive lineman out there or O-line coach knows exactly what we're talking about. It takes a special type of individual to play this position and do the things that you're asked to do as an offensive lineman. And if you don't have the right mindset for that, you will not be effective. You can be as big as you want or strong as you want. If you do not bring forth the right mindset to play offensive line, you will not be successful. Absolutely. And you and I talk about this all the time when we're evaluating kids on who's going to be, who can play for us, who and where they might fit in. We're constantly talking about, well, do, are they going to bring the mindset necessarily? Are they coachable? Are they going to be able to take the coaching that we give them um, and apply it quickly? Yeah. And any of those guys that don't meet that term, we send them over to Tony Quint on the D-line. We send them to Tony Quint on the D-line. <laughs> Tony Quint, Coach Quint's going to get a lot of shout outs today just because, uh, and he would hate for us to say this, but Tony Quint is an offensive lineman at heart. I know he is coaching D-line, but at heart, like he embodies all these commandments. He is, when we start getting into them, you could go down the list and Coach Quint you know, really, he, he stacks up well. <laughs> For sure. And, and you know, what, what, he was a center, right? Didn't he? he played center? Yeah, he was a center for a very, very talented John Glenn team. Um, he always reminds us of that. Yeah, a very, very talented uh, Westland John Glenn football team where, you know, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like to play uh defensive line against Tony Quint. He was always going to be lower than you. Always going to be lower. Like, <laughs> I, I would not want to have to be a nose. Because I imagine, like, you you might get him once, and then he's just going to cut you every time. Yep. I mean, that, that's what I would teach a guy like him to do. For sure. Yeah, you know, we had a, we had a D, D tackle, you know, Bubba Burns. He'll probably never listen to this. Shout out <laughs> Bubba Burns. He's a prison guard um, in the New York State Correctional um system now um and Bubba Burns was built just like Tony Quint short short arms low to the ground toughest kid to block on our team it was impossible we had a kid that we another shout out a kid named Nate Hoff who played he was a freshman when I was a senior at IU and he was the strongest kid on our team when he walked into the building as a freshman and he was also you know just I don't even know how to describe the way he was built without swearing, but he he was six foot, three hundred and thirty pounds of just stocky muscle, and he was impossible to block. It was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, eh, good times. So if we're getting into, I think we need to to start with the two commandments that you created. And the, the two, and I would let you introduce those since they are your creation, and then we can start to build from there. Now, as with most things in coaching, everything is stolen and repurposed. So to you and to our kids, I created the commandments of offensive line play. In reality, uh, my offensive line coach, Pistol Pete Matthews, mm-hmm. 
uh, he taught those to us with the first commandment of offensive line play being thou shall not get beat to the inside. In pass pro, thou shall never get beat to the inside. The inside gap, most direct line of the quarterback, thou shall never get beat to the inside. And I think you and I, not being in our coaching, completely understand why that is because the number one thing that a kid loves to do as a coach for a young offensive lineman, they are going to overset. And they are going to overset. And they are going to overset. And you're going to coach them to not overset. And they're still going to overset. So I imagine that came about from some frustration on him. Um, but it's, it is a very important commandment. We preach it in general. Like you cannot, got to keep that strong inside hand. You got to control, control the block when they come back across. You must pound the post down. And yet we, there's a reason it's a commandment. We're still coaching. Yep, it's, it's a necessary thing that we have to do. We have to protect our inside. Centers, they don't have an inside. They just have to protect. Don't get cross. Don't let them cross your face. Don't let them cross your face. Knock a cross facer back. Yes. My stolen coaching point from Greg Fry, by the way, who I'm sure <laughs> repurposed it from somebody else. But yeah, I, if it, what do you do to a cross facer? Knock it back. Yep. He tries to tries to slant. They try to play their games, right? Because they think they're so smart, these defensive guys, that they're just going to confuse us by, you know, slanting one guy there and twisting that guy over there. Well, we have ways to uh, to beat that too. Right? Um, it starts with protecting our inside gap first, and thou shall not get beat to the inside, right? The second one that Coach Matthews taught us, you know, all those years ago. I mean, I was I, my last year was the 2009 season. I graduated in um, in 2010, the spring of 2010. So my last year, way back then, um, he taught us that thou shall not open the gate, right? Thou shall not turn your body and make yourself skinny. There's a reason we are large human beings as offensive linemen. We have to fill horizontal space across the line of scrimmage. And if you turn your body at all, well, now you're opening said gate for the D lineman or linebacker, whoever's trying to rush the passer to come flying through. I would also say that, like, the term open the gate, the analogy, is a universal one used by offensive line coaches everywhere. I, I think every offensive line coach I've ever worked with or played with has said, don't open the gate. And it's just the same thing. You've got to, it's so easy in pass pro to let that hip fall open when you feel like you're. And a lot of times it's just mental, right? We're getting into the mentality of it. They feel like the guy across from them is faster. So they got to get their hips turned so they can mirror them and play more basketball. It's like, no, stay strong. Use your strength and body. Punch, sit down, and control the guy across from you. Because if he's faster than you, he's not stronger than you. Most likely. Most likely. Yeah, most likely. Except for that kid, that defensive end from... The New York State University at Cortland that was about six six three hundred Division three defensive end and lifted me off my feet when I got a little too high one time. What was he doing as a Division three defensive end? Hey, I might have gave him a few inches, but I know he was <laughs> over three hundred. Yeah, they're not. He was six four three hundred or six six three hundred. That goes into the third commandment a hundred percent, which is it doesn't matter who's lined up across from you. You got to be ready to. You got to be ready to fight. You got to be ready to grind. And 
we, in order to start maintaining that mentality and establishing that mentality, we came up with commandment number three, which is thou shall not be soft. And this was commandment was made for a very specific player who shall not be named, but he knows who he is. Um, and I will say that he rose to the occasion and, and came out and is still probably one of the better guards we've had so far. And that's a challenge to my other guards playing this year. You, you know who we're talking about and he, you, you need to be better. Yep, I hear you can hear that guy, uh, guy's rap song that that guard you speak of on Spotify. Wait, he's he now Spotify, not a SoundCloud. He's moved up in the world. He has a rap song on Spotify. I played it once and then sent him a link that I had played it, and then immediately sent a picture of a dumpster on fire. Huh. So it's the equivalent of boneless wings it's it's a boneless wings song yes 100 um, boneless most wings. most definitely not my cup of tea um his reply in true form of said individual hey i don't care i make 10 cents every time somebody presses play <laughs> 10 cents so what he's made a whole three dollars so far yeah i mean he's probably made more on that song than the you know we made on the iron dread podcast i don't know so. i don't know yeah, and that, and that one originally, right, there was, you know, we might have chosen a little bit different language there, but to make it more uh, straight up, um, a little bit more user-friendly that we could, you know, pass this along to perhaps our lower-level offensive line coaches. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the, the, we changed the words around, and yes, you should not be soft, S-A-W-F-T. And let's define, like, what we mean by that, like, it... It doesn't mean you're not going to, you can't make a mistake. It doesn't mean that you can't get beat. It means that when you encounter adversity, you are expected to come back the next play ready to, ready to go. And you're going to not let it happen again. You're going to take the coaching without taking it personally. You're going to know that what we are saying is to help you get better, to help the team overall. And you're going to apply that and you're going to embrace it and you're going to embrace the fact that you are one, the toughest group of individuals on a football team. Yes, I said it. They're, we are the toughest individuals on a football team. You, offensive linemen, what, you, you know the Mushroom Society quote, but it's, as be, it's the best way to describe it. Yeah, the Mushroom Society um, kept in the dark, fed the shit, and ignored. I'll say it. Yeah. I'll say it here on the podcast. All right. I'll market explicit content, folks. Right. But that's what that, I got to speak it the way it is. The Mushroom Society. That was another thing that Pete Matthews taught me about. All right. O linemen, much like kickers. Yes. That's, that's why I was always friends with our kicker. Uh, my, so it's interesting. Um, I played college football with Dan Feeney, who is now a Charger offensive, playing center form now, now that Pouncey has retired. Mm-hmm. Um, and, He's all over Instagram with his boy, Mike Bagley, the kicker, the for, kicker. for the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have similar plights, right? Like, everybody just, you know, we're expected to show up and do our job. And we take, you know, we want that, right? We want to, we, we're not going to make excuses when we screw something up, right? But we're, we're just expected to show up and do what we're supposed to do. And then when we screw up, Oh man, we're useless. 
Yep. Right. Get rid of them. Right? With what, what can minutes. we change? What? How can we scheme differently? Oh yeah, we're we're fat and lazy as offensive linemen. Slow and out of shape. Yep. It, it's it it's just a bad bad thing here. My favorite one is when the somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, coach." You know the other two, they got this they got this stud D lineman. How are we going to take care of them? And my response usually is, we're going to run our stuff. We're going to we're going to execute. We're going to take on our block. We're going to execute our assignments. We don't need to scheme for this guy because theoretically, with the way we play offense, we're going to be going so fast that they he can't keep up, and he's going to need he's going to be tapping his helmet for a break after we have run five plays in a minute, and he is terrified as to. He doesn't know where he's getting hit from, hit from the next time. Yeah, it, it just creating that uh, environment for those good players that makes those good players not as effective because we, you know, we we believe strongly in Phil Jacobs, our head coach and offensive coordinator. You know, he starts all this where we we go at a pace, especially in practice. Yeah. Um, we go at a pace like no football team I've ever been a part of, and we ran a no huddle offense in college, as did you. Yep. And we go faster, I think, at in, at Dexter High School practice than we did at the College of Brockport with Jason Mangoni, who's been doing some crazy great things, you know, with that offense. We go way faster. We are on a similar tempo level to what we were running when I was at Indiana and Kevin Wilson was calling the plays. We are at that level of tempo. Um and we have less bodies that we're doing it with on the offensive line because we'd cite, we'd cycle two groups all the time, mm-hmm. and so you'd get wholesale change. And we were going, so we were going a little bit faster for that reason. But we were always cycling two groups. And what I, our kids hate it. <laughs> you, the look on, and I'm going to shout him out. The look on James Livingston's face after he's run 20 plays in a row and it's 90 degrees outside is, he sometimes. It's rule number three whispered in his ear just because he's got to step it up, and he knows it. Mm-hmm. But we want the practice environment to be above and beyond what the game environment is going to be. Absolutely, and you you bring that in to, our tr- to the way we, these kids train, too, through Iron Dread, which is why we're here. Like The way these kids are training in the weight room, it, the goal is to make... They are straining at a level that should make it more difficult, and I think part of what like when you i know this is something that somebody said this to me once which is if your offensive line can't run a no huddle offense look to your look at the strength conditioning like what are they doing how are they preparing year-round to be ready to do this not just like we can run them to death in august in the heat and if they haven't been doing stuff been able to commit year-round it's not going to matter no um especially for the big guys because they have to work so hard to move themselves um, it makes it really, really tough for them to to be in, in shape, right? Yeah. That's why they say, like, all right, maximal strength is the mother of all strengths, right? Because by getting stronger, right, an overall stronger human being has to work significantly less to move themselves. Yeah, right? we had a we had a breakthrough with your with our our center the other day. Carson was out. We were doing a little bit of footwork stuff and. I finally looked at him and I go, you don't drive into the ground when you come off the ball. You're not like, I want you, I want to hear your footsteps. I want you to stomp through this and really generate power from that. And it finally, like the light bulb came on for him and he's all of a sudden like, oh, so this is how I use my strength. 
And you gotta drive that power through the ground. And that's that in especially that endurance power is built over consistent lifting, consistent squatting, consistent every movement that you do. Cause even in the bench, you're driving your feet into the ground. Putting force putting force into the ground. Yep. Right? Pushing. Right. You think about how we push and how we move around, like it. I mean, it makes sense to me, but we, I could get on a whole kind of tangent. About okay, we'll, we'll, we'll reef. We'll come back. We will come back with commandment number four, which is might be one of the most important commandments for you and I, which is that thou shall not eat trash. Yeah. And yeah. I know trash has been discussed on this podcast before. So for those of you who are new listeners, maybe trash is boneless wings. I mean, I don't even know what you're referring to. Like, wings have bones. So I think you might be referring to... You're using the terms that these these folks, that these sheep out in the world <laughs> that eat this garbage and call it a wing. Right? So let's... We can all agree that it's just chicken nuggets. They're nuggets. If which, you want to eat them, eat nuggets. Which, like, if you want to eat... Just admit that you're eating chicken nuggets as opposed to wings. Yeah, don't call it a wing. It's not a wing. Don't call it that. And I've actually... Consensus on our offensive line is pretty much that they are real wing eaters, not chicken nugget eaters. That is the the numbers. Consensus so far. I don't know. We may be evolving. We've got a couple of kids coming up that I'm not not certain about. But for the most part right now, we're we're going in the right direction. Yeah, there's some that I'm going to tell you that they're... They already know what we want to hear. All right. One time we need to just show up when they're having one of those team dinners at when Buffalo Wild Wings and just evaluate. You know, just walk up like we're just, we just happen to be there, scan the table and see what they all ordered. Oh, here's Gus, Coach Ivan's dog. Has Gus just ha- arrived. Gus has arrived in. Hey, Gus, welcome to the Iron Dread Podcast. I will say, shout out to uh, still some of the. The best wings I've ever had is if you ever make it to Bloomington, Buffalo's. There, it's my number one wing spot, and so Bloomington in Indiana, Buffalo's. If anybody's ever there, check out the wings; they're delicious. All right, all right. We we got our spot spot local here that we go to the the Arctic Breakaway. We do. Um, that that place is not bad either. But we can also talk about wings the whole time on this. Bottom line, if you are going to be an offensive lineman, eat the real deal. The wings, don't discriminate between the flats and the drums. Eat them both. Real wing eaters do that. And if you're ordering, I'm going to go with, if you're an active offensive lineman, you're probably around 20. At least. That's kind of the minimum. You can't, if you're eating less than that, we're not maintaining weight. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're active offensive lineman, you you need to you're about a twenty wings, um, and I'm gonna tell you, you know, I may happen to know the macros on that, you know, about thirteen hundred calories, about one hundred and twenty grams of protein. Um, I think it's something around your your 80 carb grams and sugars is all gonna depend on which sauce you choose, correct? Um, that it's it's still more fat being thrown in there mostly, yeah. um, but there's only one true sauce as well. Now, now you're from Michigan, so you might you might go the other way on this um, uh, with sauce. 
What what is the the one true sauce? I mean, there's only one true dipping sauce that you dip wings in, and that is blue cheese. Of course, my the listeners of the podcast know this, right? They've they've been around, right? They know there's only one true dipping sauce for wings, and it is blue cheese. Um, you know, a few weeks ago we replayed uh, our best played episode with Coach Tim Summerlad, yeah. and I was gonna I was gonna ask him to sit on this. Because uh, he was an offensive lineman. He played offensive line for the FDNY. Okay. And his quote, that was the best. <laughs> and and he's from New York, right? So he's got that <laughs> thick New York accent, right? And he's like, is, is there any blue cheese on the plate? Don't even bring it over. There's no blue cheese on the plate? Don't bring it over. <laughs> he's the best. Oh. I know he'll listen to this. Uh, nice. He'll, he'll listen to this. And and we might need to get him and do an O-line round table. Right? That would be fun. Get, get Summer Lad. Uh, you know, we got a bunch of other offensive linemen we, got, we can call in. Uh, we have, a, we have a lot of people we could call if needed. So <laughs> call um, in on the offensive line contingency. And so kind of going with that, we often hear a lot of these when we bring up the wing debate, which is commandment number five is thou shall not make excuses. So bringing us back to, to really the mentality that we're looking for. We know that you messed up. Okay. Film does not lie. We are fortunate that we have film right at our fingertips on the sideline most of the time. And when shout out work, to Coach what, Whitaker for that. When it works. Shout out to Coach Whitaker for that. We, you, your, your varsity record is very good. We're getting better. Yeah, we're getting better with it. Huddle, huddle sideline. Um, but it's often, I, we have both had, I would not call them debates, but some people would call them arguments with players about what they did and then just been able to walk right to the film and been like, stop. Um, and so when you are, it just not making excuses, we get to the coaching point faster. You take the coaching point. We move on. We move past it. And that's one thing I really want kids to understand is it's like, you want to bring up these, these, you want to give us excuses. You want to defend yourselves, but it's like, that's just a waste of our time. We need to move forward. I don't care necessarily that you made the mistake i care that you if you make it again and so our players who have made and you're gonna make a mistake again like that happens but we need to understand the coaching point move forward and that is just we once you stop making those excuses we are able to that's when you see offensive lines start to progress when they as a group own it maintain it and are all five guys committed to to being a unit and being better, which takes us into commandment number six, which is thou shall commit to his brothers. And I think we both can agree that there, it doesn't matter who's on your offensive line. If you got five individuals, you don't have an offensive line. You have a sieve. Yep. Like, and I know that we have, and that's one of the reasons we work so hard in the culture. And it's one of the reasons that, this is a commandment is that when you got five guys who are good friends and they play with each other and they're not cycling in and out too much, or even if you do have a six guy that cycles in, he identifies as part of the line. You are that much closer to a really successful team. And they often say that the offense, I hear this all the time. This makes me mad, but they say like the offensive line is the last thing to click on a football team. Mm. I would argue that we, it shouldn't be. No. It should be the first thing that clicks. Yeah. 
Because well, without it, you go nowhere. Right. Literally. You, you, the ball doesn't move. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, it, and sometimes, um, and we talked a little bit before we brought up the Mushroom Society and stuff. <laughs> and, and I've, I've worked with people. Uh, thankfully, now we don't have this situation. Our, our head coach and offensive coordinator cares just as much about what's going on along the line of scrimmage as he cares about going, you know, under center, you know, the receivers, the whole field, right? He, he's an all-encompassing coach and, um, and coordinator. We are very fortunate for that. Yeah, but I've worked with guys that didn't give a damn. Oh, oh offensive line, block. And then they're worried about back there. Yeah. So, and then if anything goes wrong up front, they're just, they yell at you to fix it. What they, are you doing? Block somebody. Whereas the nice part is we don't get, we don't necessarily get that. Coach will just yell at the kids himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause he's familiar enough with what we're doing and, and is so actively involved and, you know, wants to know how we're going to teach different things. And, yeah. you know, with us, where we coach, we coach together with those varsity kids on Friday nights. But then I also try to bring the same message of, that you bring in practice every day to the varsity kids to the JV freshman kids. So then they're kind of getting groomed in the same light um, on the way up. So, and we finally like this year really saw the, the advantage of that. And like we had kids who were able to transition in and it was, I mean, we're, we're still in the early stages of building this program in a lot of ways. We're, and so for that reason, like we're starting to hit the stretch, but we're now getting kids who have heard the coaching points for four or five years. They know what we expect. They understand and there's, they know the language is familiar to them. So we don't have to spend five minutes teaching them what inside zone means. Nope, we don't. And taking us to commandment, I'm going to shuffle them a little bit. Taking us to commandment number seven, which is thou shall love inside zone. You have to love inside zone. But before we talk about Inside Zone, we are going to pause for a brief word from our sponsors. Those who tried firemen and coached him some lad, every day's a gift. Make sure you unwrap it. You're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Go Coach Whitaker. Hey, thank you for listening. This is C.T. Chatham, former head football coach at Newburgh Free Academy. And... You're listening to the Iron Red Podcast. Hey, go go back, be Kingston. And we're back. Now, uh, we have one more sponsor. We're gonna get into what we're on, we're coming into Commandment Six. Commandment Seven. Commandment Seven now. Commandment Seven brought to you by Coke Zero Sugar. Same Coke taste, zero calories. Coach, please. Bring us in to commandment number seven as our dogs run around the house. <laughs> commandment number seven is thou shall love inside zone. And I've got, I could do a whole podcast on inside zone and why offensive linemen should love it. But mostly it's the, this idea that what is fun for us is not necessarily pass pro. Yeah, we, we score big, we score points that way. We, make big plays, but what is fun as an offensive lineman is running people over and grinding defensive linemen into the dirt. And the way you, for us, the downhill run game, which has evolved, is inside zone. And so the other, re- and the other reason I think all offensive linemen should love it is because you literally can't be wrong. 
So, nope, can't be wrong. You just literally block through a zone, through an area. It doesn't matter what those guys in front of you want to do, their stunts and all that, you know, all those games we mentioned earlier that they think they can play and trick us. Um, we literally just stay true to our rules and we fit right into whatever they want to line up in, whatever they want to do. We're going to have a lot of former players who are going to come at us for saying that you can't be wrong for the amount that we've got on them for being wrong as far as inside zone goes. What I mean by that, I guess, is the running back can make you right. Correct. So, um, and that's the mentality thing. We want, we have to be able to establish a run if i think we can both agree that if you look back at a couple of the games we've lost over the past few years it was when we didn't get good push up front we weren't sustaining blocks we were getting we were getting beat on the offensive line so and that is that's football in general if you like this think the number one stat to look at as far as who wins a game is rushing yards um and i that's me spitballing so they're I've heard that many times, never actually seen the statistics. Um, but when you have the mentality that we want to run inside zone, fourth and one, what play do you want to call? Inside, inside zone. zone. Third and goal, what play do you want to call? Inside zone. You know, I think we, Coach Jacobs often laughs at you and I because he says we are so predictable. What do you want to run? The inside answer is always inside zone. Inside zone. So. Hey, you're you're on the you need a yard. Hey, inside zone. His wide receivers coach always call run, like wants to run Rose and Linda. So. Yeah, they want yeah they want to run screens all the time. So, but which now we're gonna have to change the name of Rose and Linda. <laughs> no, we can edit it out. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, and we still call it different things anyway. So, um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to re-roll this. No, this is the I pride the podcast on live to record so again folks to give you a little look in here coach ivan and i are sitting at a table in the living area of my home uh trying out our new snowball mics and mic stands which has Uh, been a lot of fun this is by far the most official podcast i've ever been around hey listen that's what we're doing here exactly all right gotta gotta have good quality for the listeners um but I do pride myself on live to record. So we are recording our dogs. Right, Coach Ivan, as we, we brought up his dog Gus earlier. Uh, he's a young lad, puppy running around here. That is, He's growing big and he's chasing around Lola the Old English Bulldog, who we've talked about before on the podcast. And they're having some fun. And our wives are trying their best to keep them under control. But um, Gus is seven family. months old. So yeah. he, he, he's got a mind of his own right now. Yeah, our wives are failing and instead probably talking about, you know, God knows what. So, all right, um, kind of switching it up and coming back again. Most these commandments all kind of build off each other and they're kind of in sectors. We started with pass pro. We've gone into mindset. We took a little break with boneless win. Well, trash. Trash. And uh, now we're kind of into the run game and pairing with thou shall love inside zone we have thou shall run through linebackers which i would argue is probably the hardest commandment for an offensive lineman to really get good at and it's just because the linebackers are often these skinny little quick guys who i love it when i get a a mic that just wants to come downhill 
as an offensive lineman, that sounds that's fun. You you are a run stopping Mike. That sounds like a great day to me because I know like you're gonna run into me. I'm gonna lock onto you and grind you up. Correct. When but the modern linebacker that is not necessarily what we see as much, and so our kids often they they out of a I don't know if it's a fear of missing, but they choose to they chop their feet, and when they chop their feet, they stop their momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the harder things for us to that we try and coach is like, yes, you're chopping your feet, but you're still propelling yourself forward. You're not slowing down to chop your feet. You are just developing a base to continue on your track yep. and run right through that linebacker. Um, and it is one that we are working on, and it's we, we sh- we're starting to get some film on it. Starting to starting to look good when you get, get when we're getting kids actually doing it, so that we can see they can see themselves doing it, and it just leads to a lot. It, you can see them light up when they're like, "Oh, I ran through a linebacker and I ground him up and put him on his butt." It's mm-hmm. it's something we celebrate. Yeah, because when they do it right, in it's effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I often use it and compare it to um, when you come to balance to to make a tackle, right? We can't just run and throw our body at somebody uh, trying to tackle them from a defensive standpoint. It's the same thing coming on a second level player uh, trying to block them as a, as an offensive lineman, you have to continue to move, buzz the feet, come to balance. And then when it's time to strike, you strike and go through that guy. Not just, you know, be happy to put your hands on him and let him spin you around and go make the tackle anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're you, one that coaching point that I love that you have that you're always talking to kids. Throw your hips on him. Throw your hips on him. Throw your hips. Um, and that is one that we're, we're – it, it's the hardest thing I feel like as I've gotten into coaching players more. That's the last thing to come for an offensive lineman is that throw the hips on a guy. And maintain your athleticism because as much as we tell you you're not athletes, you can be athletic. And so it's kind of learned that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, because we as human beings are, from a standpoint of, we, we go where our head goes, right? Yep. And it's the, the only other thing I could think about that it's, it's close to is like when you have to teach somebody how to get their hips in front of them to throw the shot put or discus um or, or and, you know probably a bunch of different other sports we can name there right where you have to learn how to move your hips first yep. and unload right so mm-hmm. like your head is actually when you shoot your hips through somebody your head is actually coming backwards which you know it, it's kind of weird concept for them to understand at first yeah and a lot of times it takes breaking it down and making them throw hips and hands on a sled and we do all this stuff uh, to make them better as i'm sure many um, of our you know counterparts that coach offensive line do like I can remember that was a every every week drill like two it was Tuesdays or something like that and we had a two man uh, had a platform on it and Coach Matthews would stand on that and we'd kneel down in front put our face mask on yep. the on the pad and on a set hit roll the hips dig the toes in and there's, punch there's one in the IU weight room on purpose like we used to it was post Post lift work was you'd get in and you'd throw your hips on this thing. The other one that we did quite frequently, which was to, to really teach that throw the hips is hold a bag against the wall because you don't want to run through the wall. That's going to hurt. Like this is how we break it down for young offensive linemen people. You put a bag on the wall and you make them punch into the bag. So like if you 
if you are not throwing your hips and you're not and you're letting your whole body keep going like continuously forward you're gonna run into the wall Mm -hmm. and so by having it there it's your two-step throw the hips and there's pros and cons to that because like usually it's what you got around so we used it because we had the wall um what it did lead to occasionally was not stopping feet on contact which is again thou shall run through a linebacker not stop at the linebacker yeah, so, I mean, but that drill would be a progression to, okay, now remember what we just did on the wall? Now let's go out here in the open space on the field and continue that. Now build onto that next thing. Come to balance. Bring the hands and hips. Run through it now I, that you have this I tell you what, that was the nastiest drill in college that we did is we did board drill live with linebackers. During spring ball. Board drill live with linebackers. That could linebackers. get chippy, I'm sure. Oh, my goodness. Like, you grind up a linebacker, the O-line goes nuts. You don't want to be the next offensive lineman. Just because, I mean, linebackers, Coach Mapes will tell us as well, and all the guys that have coached linebacker for us, there's a mentality there, too. And it's you, you have two of the toughest mentalities on a football team butting heads over and over again. And that was a, that was a chippy drill. It was a fun drill, though. Like, yeah. it was nice to compete. That's what, you, that's what guys like us play football for, right? Like, yeah. we're not we're not touching the football. We're not unless we're snapping it to somebody that can, uh, you know, do something about commandment that. number nine. That's coming in next. Yeah. Talking about snaps, uh, you know, we we live for the contact. We live for the fun of physically getting to uh, beat up another human being within the rules of a game, and. Absolutely. And and then something good happens for our team when we do that. Yep. So, okay, coming to commandment number nine, which is thou shalt know how to snap. Mm. Now, this is one that I'm still working on with all my guys. Um, But we have enough – we've had enough center issues over the past few years. Um, We've had bad luck with centers. Yep. And so – it seems like every year we're, we've been down to our third guy snapping at least once. And so, um, thou shall know how to snap. When it, it's this mentality. I saw some guy. You know that guy from Texas who's all over Twitter? Um, he's an online coach down there. He's all over Twitter. I can't remember his uh, name. Not, um, what's his name? Duke. No. He's a Texas high school coach. Um, anyway, we'll find it. We'll, we'll look him up. Um. I saw him speak. He's a younger guy. And what he was talking about was he co- doesn't coach tackles, guards, centers. He coaches offensive linemen. And so they all got to have the same skill set. So if you're a guard, you got to know how to play tackle. You got to know how to deep vertical set as opposed to quick set. If you're a tackle, you better know how to pound the post down inside and, and take on a three technique. Um, but part of that mindset is every one of these guys knows how to snap. So that way anybody can jump in and play center if needed. And I, I heard that earlier this year, and I was like, you know what? We're doing that. We're bringing that in. Everybody's going to learn to snap early like early in camp. It's going to be something we do. Coach is going to be mad because we take all the footballs. Um, But guys are going to learn how to snap because I'm that way we don't have to worry about it. And I'm not hearing about the snap every time it rolls or is high or is left or is right. Because, again, that's got to automatically be there, right? Like, it can't vary a a little bit. It it has to be at the correct pace, right at the belt buckle, 
every time. No room for error. You want to talk about... Actually, I think this... The most impressive stat in sports, again, that I... Something I heard, don't have the stat, is like... It was some center. I think it was like... It might have been Ragnow for the Lions. Mm -hmm. He had the most... The longest streak of like his snap percentage. They they broke it down of like, and his snaps were at the belt buckles x many times. Like there was never a snap issue, mm-hmm. in in an entire career, which is like if you're a center and you can say you never had a snap issue in your entire career, that is the goal. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that. No, can't either. Played. Outside outside zone right, sure as hell I'm pulling it right. <laughs> yep, for me. Oh, what was it? It was always that long back block on power. Like if it was into the three technique and you had to get to the, get over to the three technique. So yep. like you're basically open pulling yeah. to get there. To get flat down. It would just always go way off to the other side. Yeah. Um, yeah, but as soon as you change your as soon as you change your launch point, right? Your mm-hmm. your 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 you know, I, I use the idea with the kids that your your tailbone is like the barrel of your gun, right? When you're yeah. snapping and you change that a little bit and yep. it's hard it's it's not, it's not an easy skill some people are better at, at it than others i've had way more kids that i've taught to do it a lot better than i could same i got moved to guard because mm-hmm. i was yeah all over sometimes but all right um and we this this might be cause for celebration we've reached commandment number 10 commandment 10 which we we mentioned coach quint earlier this one is a this is a shout out to Coach Quint, a direct he he has made a commandment for the offensive line, which is thou shall always piss off Tony Quinn, who is our D line coach. So AKA you the should D-line coach. you should always piss off the D line coach. Um, there is nothing more satisfying as an offensive line than watching the defensive line get coached extremely hard after you've just run down their throat five times. Yep. Nothing better. If that D-line coach is up there and he's all fired up and he's all mad and, and, and the best part is is we get good reactions from Tony. Oh, my goodness. You just we, – we taught a number of kids don't take the cheese. We might need to institute that with, with Tony Quinn. <laughs> don't take the cheese. Don't, don't take, take the... it. Don't bite. Right? You're going to put that little cheese out there and then you're going to get bite. You're going to get caught in a trap. Oh, but he, it is he gives as good as he gets, though, because sometimes he'll throw like he'll start coaching one of my guys just because he knows that that drives me nuts. <laughs> and so he'll coach or he'll start like on a day where I'm all fired up. He'll just come over, like, hey, guys, why's coach so mad? Why's coach so mad? <laughs> like, uh... why is he so mad at you? Yeah. Oh, you a little high in the shoot today? Oh. <laughs> Can't run power? What? What? Yeah. Yeah, what, he'll do that stuff. We're supposed to pull, you guys. You, you do run buck, right, coach? Oh, no, you don't because so-and-so is not fast enough. Like, <laughs> things like that. Um, but. Yeah, the, the banter, um, and, and if you're, if you're a, a person that's lucky enough, you know, that you coach offensive line and you have a, a separate counterpart that coaches D-line. Yeah, coach, coach Witt doesn't, doesn't currently have that luxury. He gets to do, roll both down at the JV, so he yeah. does enjoy coming to when varsity practices come together yeah. and and he gets to interact with coach Quinn. You had that a little bit with Mark this year though. Yeah, I had a little bit with uh with Mark Young. Shout out to Mark. He, Our he, serviceable he, offensive lineman. He was lineman. a serviceable offensive lineman that is a 
um, a freshman up at um, the uh, at Central. Central Michigan University. He he's at fire up chips. He's gonna be so mad that we called him serviceable on this. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it's all right. I, he, listen, I can tell him that we talked about him for ten minutes, and he still won't listen to the podcast. Oh. He's one of those. He's one of those anti-podcast people. What? Yeah. How's he expect to learn? I, I, hey, I know that all this great quality information people listen to on this show for absolutely free. Yep. All right. They, they, all this the talk about wings, O line stuff on this episode, right? Hey, we had a notorious B.I.G. episode not long ago. You had like, top, what was it? Top 10 90s movies, which was a phenomenal episode. Top 10 90s movies with Rob Dubay, who's yeah. back for the notorious B.I.G. tribute episode. Like, I mean, come on, you, you can't beat this. But no, Mark Young will, will not listen to this. I'm sure, and I will even text him and say that his name came up. All right. But having that, right, he helped a little bit on the JVs, and that kind of that gave us the, those two guys to work off of. And from a D-line standpoint, uh, we were able to kind of split a little bit more ends, well, interior tackles. Yeah, I mean, and the nice thing about having, like, a guy like that is you can you can switch up how you're approaching it, like – so when Coach Quint's jumping his guys, I can get there. I can be the nice guy for a day or so, like, for a little bit. When I'm jumping my guys, it is nice to have Coach over there going, hey, it's not, not that big a deal. Calm down a little bit. Like, Yeah. Um, it, they play, you play off of each other because what the, the ultimate goal is to make the whole team better. And I think you, what, you said something to me the other day, which we were talking with a bunch of guys, and they were about – how I coach at practice, and you you just looked at him and go, well, he did play for Greg Bryant. He knew Greg Bryant. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you gotta, we're we're all sums of the the coaches that we've interacted with. So Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a mix of I'm a mix of Tom Lachlan, John Murphy, Pete Matthews. Uh, you know, I I can Rocco Salamone, our our yeah. head coach. Right, it's everybody that's kind of worked with you. Along the way, we well, and we've been around. We kind of become a sum of those parts. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, you also. Uh, I mean, I know I am often. What, what's going to make me different? Like, what can I do differently? What can I find that works? What can I take? One of the ones that I appreciate, which I heard from Michigan's O line coach at one point in time, he says, "If you feed your linemen, they will love you forever." So it's true. We were going to like. Well, I'll put it out there right now. If for all my guys who listen to this, we will feed you this summer. Coach Witt and I will figure out how to get. We'll, we'll throw something together. We'll get you guys fed. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure. We'll figure out a day uh, to do something as an O line group. Um, you know, maybe we could use again. Listen carefully, Pit Boss Grills. Right, promoting your product again here on the Iron Dread Podcast. Maybe we'll use that Pit Boss Pro Series uh, out there on on the back deck. We'll we'll smoke some food, which. After we're done recording this, we're going to go hang a fang on some uh, burnt ends and uh, smoke queso. That we we, got we did sample already. It is 100% delicious. And it is a ultimate offensive line meal as well. Yes. So that's always good. Oh, yes. So we got we got all that going. But before we move on from the D-line coach thing, like I can think about like to- having Tony. Um, and then prior to that, for me, I go all the way back to my first experience coaching football and i can't talk about the o-line d-line coach relationship without bringing up quentin johnson yeah um when when quentin and i our first year the fall of 2010 
You were probably still in college then, weren't you? No, I was a senior in high school. <laughs> the fall of 2010? <laughs> oh, wow. No, fall of 2010 while I was a freshman in, sorry, freshman in college. Yeah, you were in college. Freshman in college. Man, Quentin, we're getting old, buddy. <laughs> but hey, Quentin, you're old, always going to be older than me. Remember that. Yeah, what that. is he, like three days older than you or no, something? No, he's December and I'm oh, September. Okay. So he, he was born and had to wait to go to school till our year. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, but when we started, that we were blessed with that from the beginning, right? and we loved it. Um, and then we we had he had a, a D line group, I had an O line group. We were you know twenty something years old, fresh out of college, and and getting to have those little things where you know hey him and I are, you know he's one of my best friends. But when we got on the field, we'd start going back and forth a little bit, a little yeah. O line D line stuff. The the kids started to kind of feed off of that. We had kids that were proud to play on the offensive line and wanted to go beat the D-line guys, and it made that team better, you know, and when we you have, beat our rival that year. Yeah, when you have that, when you have a group of guys, even if it's just in practice, who are committed to, to each other and, like, in wanting to beat the D-line, when you can facilitate that and you've got that, it, it lends it, like, that confidence carries over into the game. For sure. And it's absolutely something that, and I feel like we started to finally get that this year. It's something that we didn't necessarily had, but we finally we had no, we we didn't have to rotate guys as much. We had a solid group of group of cats, and they went out and they did gel. Like they they hung out with each other outside of school, and they're still we still do that. So it's still some, do. they all train together. Yeah, all of them. Every single returning kid is on the powerlifting team together. That's yep. going to return on our offensive line for next year. Uh, you know, and they, they do, they interact with each other. They work together and it, it's a good thing. And it's, it's going to make us a better offensive line group for that. Absolutely. So coach, uh, I know right, we've reached 10, but I know you also have some honorable mention commandments you wanted to bring up we, for we, this episode. A specific honorable mention commandment, which is for our head coach, Phil Jacobs. This one is in honor of you, which is that. For an offensive lineman, thou shall never fall down in practice. <laughs> he, he hates that. <laughs> I don't know, like for any of so for the few people that are listening to this who have seen Coach Jacobs in practice and have had the pleasure of working with him in a practice, there are a few things that bring about the wrath, like an offensive lineman falling on the ground. And if you happen to roll up somebody else while doing it, you might as well just walk away. Don't like you put your put earplugs in. Run like because not only is coach getting on you, I'm yelling at you. And if Coach Witt's there, he's telling you to be in, like too. And then you've got Coach Sislo just being like, "Come on, man, be an athlete." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you gotta always stay on your feet. Now I don't know have have you ever had to play on the old school turf, the old school like astro turf that you. You know, have the only, like on your boat. The of. only time I was ever on that was at Central for a camp. But other than that, it was all the new, like everybody, it was either grass, which I prefer grass. I'm a guy that, I'm old school like that, I don't know what it is. We get all, the, we, we deal with all these shin splint issues these days. I blame the turf, personally. I don't know if there's any science to that or not. I blame weak yeah. anterior tibialis muscles and lack of loading weak things break um correct we but, have it on shirts <laughs> so but like i p- grew up playing on grass and so it's i still prefer it i've played 
the couple of games we played on grass in college that I, w- I was able to play were my best performances. I don't know. It's just something I was really comfortable with. So, no, I've never been on that. Kingston High School uh, and the, you know, my whole time there and before, uh, you could see it in that picture right there over your right oh, shoulder. Oh, yeah, the old. Right? We had the old school turf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, my old line coach, John Murphy, who who is – He's not an educator, right? He is actually a real estate agent. Uh, shout out to John Murphy and Murphy Realty. Uh, giving, giving him a shout out, Murphy Realty in Kingston, New York. If you're looking for a house in the Hudson Valley area in Kingston, New York, call up John Murphy. Uh, tell him you heard about him from Chris Whitaker's Iron Dread podcast. And, uh, you know, he might have some fun things to say about me. Uh, we always got along. Yeah. About as well as you and Greg Fry got along. Ah, I now understand. <laughs> but he was uh, he was really hard on me. But I, but he was one of the ones that after the fact I knew he cared. But anyway, he would always say because uh, guys with that turf, we would wear these turf shoes mm-hmm. um, that they weren't regular cleats. They looked like a cleat on the top, but the bottom had like these like bumps on. If it. anybody's ever seen the stereotypical baseball coach shoe, it's essentially those, except they were high tops and they look like boots. Yes, yes, they were they were turf shoes, and that's what the coaches would say. Hey, you're gonna play on this turf. Like this is what you want to get. Because we'd practice on it, too. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It did beat the hell out of us because it was, you know, pretty hard. But when guys would run and they wouldn't fully pick their foot up, yeah, those turf shoes had, like, grip on the toe. And it would catch that turf. And you go down. And it was like, oh, sniper on the roof. <laughs> right? Guys going down. Yeah. So if I ever see a kid do that on our field, and even though we have the regular turf, uh, if I see a kid do that, I'm always calling out sniper. Everybody down. <laughs> yep. Oh gosh. But the the main reason is it's just a safety thing, right? Like two things. If you fell down, one, you stopped your feet. We don't want you to stop your feet. Two, there's a chance you're gonna hurt somebody. Okay. Now, if you yep. got chucked by a D lineman because they didn't listen to Coach Quint, then I'm gonna yell at the D lineman. But usually, you also were in bad position and not winning your assignment. So or out of control. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We got to be in control. We 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 yeah, I have a you said out of control and one specific kid came immediately to mind. <laughs> I think you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know. We know. So, we know. Oh. All right. We got some more honorable mentions on that list there. Oh, that was the only other the only other honorable mention is that thou shall be a nasty dude. Like, thou shall be a nasty You have to embrace that. Like, you can be the nicest human being off the field, but you have to be able to flip the switch. And if you can't flip, like, you have, it's got to be a mindset. And that is a mindset thing. You can train flipping the switch, mm-hmm. right? And you can teach flipping the switch. One of the, like... I brought him up earlier. Dan Feeney, who like was the best I ever saw at being able to flip the switch. This is the nicest single human being you will ever meet in your life outside of football. You get on a field with him, and he is the definition of relentless. He is always in good and relentless in how he plays, relentless in how he practices. He was always in the right position. He was always in the right body position. He knew he had his assignment and he was going to outstrain you. Mm -hmm. And that is what I mean by a nasty dude. 
Mm-hmm. Not cheap shotting guys no. after the whistle. Right? Not, you know. I don't even need you to talk down. smack. Yeah. Right? Like, because here's what happens, guys. And we have a perfect example of this in this last year where a offensive lineman of mine decided that they wanted to talk smack. The first time as an O-lineman you start to talk smack, you're getting a penalty. Yep. Because no ref ever expects you to talk smack. So the minute you do, they're like, bro, you actually, all you did was block, so we're going to throw a flag on you. We know it's more than that. We know you absolutely dominated the kid, and you ran him over, and it's going on your highlight reel. But the ref doesn't, so he's going to throw a flag. Yep. Yep, if you start talking junk, and... You know, and all the coaches out there know like it always gets a call on your guy. Yep. All right. We 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 watched <laughs> we watched a kid in a playoff game from another team dominate one of our D linemen and completely disrespect oh, him. Yes. After dominating him, and Bill and I are standing there watching this happen, and we saw the disrespect, and we're like, the kid dominated him yeah <laughs> yeah we were just like that was a great block that was a phenomenal kid, block by that kid from the other team like <laughs> who is also I, I mean we'll give the kid his that was uh what's i don't know his last name first name is trevor kids from lincoln he's going to central as well to play it yeah. was it was a phenomenal we both trevor if you listen to this we or maybe mark will let make you listen we got to make mark listen first yeah. like mad respect that was a great block yep so I, hey i listen i was bringing up i was bringing up the kid from livonia churchill Oh, that one! I remember. Too. Yeah, I remember Dang. the kid. The kid from the kid from Lincoln as well that yeah. you're talking about. Yes, and then we had that again uh-huh. with Livonia Churchill. Coach Quint, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we we've, we've seen it, and and as as guys, you know, guys like us, and and I think this is is part of it why we're so close is. It, us O line guys that love it are few and far between. Yes, right. You got those guys that played it. Right, and you know, in high school, maybe played in college, mm-hmm. but they don't love O line play. Yeah, I mean, you got. I mean, the way I view this is like, I've got so like it's what I know probably better than just about anything else in the world. Like, I know how to play offensive line. Yep, it's it's right up there with what I know the most about in the world for yep. sure. You spend a lot of time doing it, and yep. that's and that's one. And as much as we talk about him, I had a very good teacher and mentor in Greg Fry. Like, yeah. and I will say this, like, Coach and I have talked about this. He really glad I got to play for the guy. Also, I there's a reason Coach tells me when I'm acting like him because I don't always want to behave the way he did. Yeah. So he's in it, you know, and I've only I've met him. I met him once. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously it was outside of, of football, but I mean, you got those hard nosed O line coaches that, mm-hmm. and and John Murphy, my my high school coach that I brought up earlier, he yeah. was like that. Like we we didn't do anything right. Never. I don't I don't think I've ever heard in my whole time there. I don't think I ever heard John Murphy tell me or any of my teammates that we did something good, right? It was just the expectation that you're going to do something good. And when you do something bad, you're going to hear about it. You're going to learn from it. Like, I don't need to point out when you do something good. You are expected to. (laughs) I'll never forget John Murphy, right? You'll laugh at this. Uh All right. He he was in charge. And it's not even offensive line. Like, he was in charge of our kickoff team. Oh, my God. And we, when we go and play our, our rival, Newburgh Free Academy, and uh, Coach C.T. Chatham, he'll listen to this. C.T. Okay. Chatham's been on, the, been on the podcast. He listens to the show. Uh, he, he gives me great feedback on, on the episodes. 
and you know, thank you, Coach Chatham, for continuing to support the show. He'll listen to this when he sees it's about football for sure. Um, and when we never we go play Coach Chatham and Newberg, they would never put us on their sideline. Our coaches in the box, they would rent a scissor lift and put the scissor lift on our sideline. So our coaches in, from the press box, yeah. you know, press box coaches would be up in the scissor lift, right? And I remember Coach Murphy pregame practice going over you know assignments again with with kickoff and he he told one kid he said i swear to god if you get out of your lane on kickoff you're just gonna see that scissor lift coming down and you better just start running just continue running back to kingston because if i catch you right if i catch you you are a dead man yep. and, and he's like as he's talking about it he puts his hand up and shows like you see that scissor lift coming down just start running north towards kingston yep. because you are a dead man <laughs> Oh, man, we had the amount of other guys on the team that would come up to us and be like, man, I don't know how y'all do it. Like, I don't know how you play for him. Like, you're just getting disrespected. And I was like, you do know what position we play? Y'all do that all the time. Yeah, we get disrespected all the time. No matter what. Yeah, so. it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't mean much to us. We mushroom society. But right? that is, I mean, that is what you learn. That is one of the valuable things you learn from playing offensive line is you learn how to be disrespected and just let it roll off and not not even give it the time of day. Tough not skin. even acknowledge it. Yeah. You develop a tough skin playing this position. Absolutely. Oh. All right. All right. So we're we're to the end of our end of our list here of of our commandments. We we've gotten to talk about some offensive line stuff and you know maybe coach again maybe we'll get to. We'll get a, a few of us together and do an O-line roundtable and tell some uh, some more some O-line news. stories. Start thinking about the stories to tell. We definitely have to mark that one explicitly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. That, that, that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've thought about starting an Iron Dread podcast underground, right? Like yeah. the, the like Stone Cold Steve Austin would have no, two No, no, it's just podcasts. like, it, it, it's, yeah, you got two podcasts. You got this one, and then it's not necessarily the underground. It's right. just the, like, the outtakes. Un- unrestricted. The outtakes. Yeah, it's the outtakes. Yeah. And then we can tell you what rule number three is. <laughs> I hope that that guy that created rule number three listens to this. Yes, I hope he does too. We, I might send it to him on purpose. We'll get it. Yeah. If you don't, we'll get a text message from him if he hears it. Nice. So, so. All right. Well, Bill, let's, uh, we'll bring this one in. Um, I know if you have some public social media, some coaching social medias that you, that you have where people can follow you, uh, your Twitter handle or anything like that. If somebody heard this and wants to, uh, I wants to hit you up. You got, you got. Now you're making me look it up. You got Twitter, Twitter. I got Twitter, and I do have the Twitter is where I'm more active as far as social media goes for coaching. Um, let me find it. It is. Um, I got to remember how to run Twitter. Um, I have to record. I'll fill in the dead air as yeah, we as keep looking. We're both looking. Uh, it is at so. Coach Ivan Dext, so full name, spell it out, Coach Ivan Dext, or it's at Dext Ivan. So D-E-X-T Ivan, um, if you want to. That is the football where I, I will often retweet offensive line stuff. I will retweet stuff that Coach Whitaker has celebrating some of the successes that our, our players on at all um, levels and positions uh, tweeting stuff out for them. So that's where you can 
access most of that contact. Uh, the same handle, Coach Ivan Dext, is also on Instagram, but I can't remember the last time I posted using that. So definitely more active on Twitter when it comes to coaching. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hit up Coach Ivan and tell him you enjoyed the episode of the show, uh, hit him up at those handles there. I'll have them in the show notes for you as well uh, where you can find them. Well, Coach, I think we uh, bring this one in for a landing and go eat some. Yeah, queso. it's it's time to it's definitely time to do the off the other thing that should be is like honorable mention. Thou must know how to eat. Yeah, we must we must eat. We, we must, must eat, eat foods, and that's what we're going to do, folks. So we'll see you next time. Ah, uh, yeah. Thanks again to Coach Ivan for stopping in and sharing his Ten Commandments of offensive line with us. Hopefully, you enjoyed that and if you did please share it on your social media pages give us a tag at iron dread pod when you share it and we'll give you a shout out here on the show the only way our podcast gains any traction is if you the listening audience shares it out there with your friends family and followers so we appreciate that very much also give coach ivan a follow if you're interested to keep up with him and all the things he's doing with our offensive line here at Dexter High School. So folks, uh, we're going to pause for a quick break from our sponsors and we'll be back with our favorite segment of the show each and every week. And that of course is your Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week, chosen by this week's special guest, Coach Bill Ivan. Say right in. This is Chuck Hopkins, president of the Dexter Youth Football League, and you are listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. The Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction, available for all your DJ and line dance needs. Please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. So crank it up! Additional support for the Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you by Holiday's Restaurant, where every day is a celebration. Visit them at 2080 West Stadium Boulevard, Ann Arbor, Michigan, or at HolidaysRestaurant.com. Download their app and receive 10% off your first order when you download the app from the Apple or Google Play Store. Reinhardt Realtors and Associate Broker Tracy Rose. Give her a call at 734-726-5400 if you're interested in buying or selling a home. Ryan Mackey Photography of Dexter, Michigan. Find him online at Ryan Mackey Photography. Our local Ann Arbor Menards, 6405 Jackson Road, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Save big money at Menards. Bella's Transport Incorporated, 6435 North Territorial Road in Dexter, Michigan. A family-owned gravel hauling and trucking transport service since 2004. Give them a call at 313-433-4806. And last but not least, Eliza Scholes Photography. Documenting stories, milestones, and events through beautiful images. Now booking 2022 
Class Senior Photo Sessions. Visit ElizaScholesPhotography.com or call 734-945-4968. Hi, this is Chris Gillum, head football coach and powerlifting coach at Adrian High School, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Ah yes, it's time for this week's Weight Room Song of the Week, chosen by our special yeah, guest, Coach yeah. Bill Ivan, and it comes from Mr. Kendrick Lamar and his smash hit, Humble. He said this one is one, of, Kendrick is one of his favorite hip-hop artists, and this one is his wife's go-to song, Miss Erica Ivan. It's her go-to song when she's trying to get fired up. Remember, you can find this song and every song in their entirety on our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. Just go into the show notes and look for the playlist link or type in Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week in your Spotify and you will find this playlist. Subscribe to it and you'll be able to follow it each and every week and enjoy every song that gets added to the Weight Room Song of the Week playlist. So without further ado, here's Kendrick Lamar, Humble. And there you have it, this week's Weight Room Song of the Week, chosen by Coach Bill Ivan, Kendrick Lamar, and Humble. Well, folks, that's our episode for today. Again, please give us a subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find the Iron Dread Podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, our host platform, Anchor. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find this show and give us a follow or subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please give us a rating and review, a star rating. It helps us a lot, helps get the word out there about the show. Also, please follow us on social media at Iron Dread Pod on all major platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all major social media platforms there for you to follow the show. If you are talking about the show, please tag us. Let us know what you think, good, bad, or indifferent. Tell your friends about the show and let's help spread the word. So, folks, with uh, yeah, with that, we're going to bring episode 61 in for a landing. Remember, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming dread stronger. I'm Chris Whitaker, signing off.